to provide and, and to ensure change in building a better future, we can no longer just wait for somebody else to do something. We ourselves got to take up accountability and search for creative solutions, which is what this pavilion is really all about. I think that is a great learning opportunity for other organizers of mega events to take a look at and see how they can ensure that the, the event is built sustainably and can continue to develop into something else. You know, when we're sitting here talking about sustainability, and I think this is one of the most incredible sustainable stories that we can tell. Hello and welcome to part two of this very special bumper episode of ED's Sustainable Business Covered podcast. I'm broadcasting to you from Expo 2020 here in the glorious sunshine of Dubai as ED takes a behind the scenes sustainability tour of this phenomenal exhibition which is hosting the world for 182 days. So in part one of this tour I heard from Dubai Expo's chief of staff Nadia Vergi and then we concluded with a fantastic tour of the Terra Sustainability Pavilion with John Ball. And in this part, part two, we're going to be delving into the theme of sustainability innovation and then closing off with a look at the legacy of this mega event. And on that note, I'm excited to say that we're opening with another Expo tour for this part because I'm stood right now outside Expo Live, which is a, a fascinating project which essentially accelerates and promotes creative solutions around sustainability and the global goals. And taking me on this tour, I'm very pleased to be joined by Youssef Kerez, who is the Senior Vice President of Expo 2020 Dubai. Youssef, hello. Thank you very much for having me. Please explain to our audience where we're stood right now and what Expo Live is. Uh, great look. Thanks for being here today. We're here standing outside the good place. That's the name of our pavilion. Uh, it represents all of the winners of the Expo Live program, which is in fact a global competition for social innovation that Expo has been running for the past five years. Uh, in, this in this pavilion, we are exhibiting uh, the winners, their stories, and um, giving a, ch a chance for visitors to, to see themselves in these winners, right? The whole idea is to say that to provide and, and to ensure change in, in, in building a better future, we can no longer just wait for somebody else to do something. We ourselves got to take up accountability and search for creative solutions, which is what this pavilion is really all about. Well, let's go and have a look at some of these solutions then. So we're at the entrance right now. Mm -hmm. um, let's go and have a look inside. Sure. Okay, so um, as we walk in, I mean, it's a, a stunning building, first of all. Tell me a bit more about this. Sure, the building was, is actually the only building here at Expo designed by an, uh, an Emirati architect. And it's inspired by a Bedouin tent. Uh, looks a little bit like, uh, like a bird's nest uh, that with some very high pointy figures. And it was designed, really much inspired by the tent where the rulers of both Dubai and Abu Dhabi met 50 years ago, Look, and looked out on the desert and, and had the vision to do something better, to create something new and a better future. So the architect, uh, his name is Ahmed, he felt that Expo Live represents something similar, right? The idea of people looking into the future and saying things could be better, things should be better. So that's why the building is designed in this way. And right here in the entrance, we have a very small but, but meaningful uh, recognition of His Highness Sheikh Mohammed who is the ruler of Dubai and um, who is the, the patron of Expo Live. He gave $100 million as funding so that we could run the program and support innovations around the world. Well, let's go and have a look at them. So let's head inside. Okay, 
so uh, we've just entered a very kind of airy uh, room um, we're sat on some nice wooden benches mm -hmm. I can see messaging around the side saying come and meet our global community of innovators who are helping to make the world a better place so why don't you talk us through where we are and where we're about to go well, this is going to be a quick video that uh, introduces Expo Live as a program, its mission. In fact, it's called My Quest because you see very clearly that the quest of a person that wants to change the world uh, begins very simply and it's something that we all can do. Okay, let's have a watch. Wow, great message there then. I guess uh, We Are Everyone is quite a nice note for that to end on. I, assuming then that we're about to see projects that are spanning right across the globe. That's correct. Um, I think what we wanted to explain here is that Expo Life has been a, a global search for innovators. And over the past five years, we've received applications from more than 11,000 people from over 180 countries. And it's really given us the, this, this very strong validation that to figure out whether there are people out there doing something good, meaningful, and solving today's challenges themselves, all you have to do is look. If you put in the effort, we'll find them. And that's exactly what this. In fact, we're going to walk into the next room, and that's the room what we call the community of innovators, which are um, a subset right, of the 140 that we actually funded. You see, the purpose of this program was to search, right, to find, to fund, and then to showcase here at Expo 2020 Dubai. So as you enter this room, you can see it's almost like a marketplace, but instead of buying fruits and vegetables, you are learning and buying into different solutions, different causes. We're coming from different places, from people like you and me, who've just decided to commit themselves to solving a problem worth solving. Yeah, so I'll explain what we're looking at. It is like a marketplace, you're right. It's like a mini exhibition in itself of various different innovations that are here. I can see um, certain things about uh, the last mile deliveries, um, various other innovations. There's too much to almost talk about. Harvest, harvesting water from fog, which looks particularly interesting. So tell me, Yusuf, how are these innovations? You mentioned 11,000 applications. How are these innovations the ones that were selected? Yeah, so since 2016, we've been selecting and reviewing applications, right, from, uh, in, in, through different phases. We had, in fact, we had five cohorts um, uh, over the past uh, five years. And, uh, well, it's been really tough, uh, look, because out of 11,000, we've actually only funded 140, which means that we say no most of the time. And it's tough because they all deserve it, right? These are not, these are not typical startups. These are social enterprises, right? So they are for profit but they do a very strong mission in, into what they do. And they, they span from, from education, agriculture, healthcare, um, climate change. You know, they, they, we've, we weren't very picky when it came to the area or the sector that they worked on, but we were very picky on uh, were they mission oriented? Were they driven to, de you know, to deliver uh, an impact? So, you know, we've, we've had uh, ourselves as my, and my team, they were able to, to, to kind of filter that down but then we relied on, on experts in the end to, to do a bit, a bit of, a, of a shark tank, right? So they came into Dubai, they had a pitch, they had 15 minutes to pitch in front of judges, and, and that's how they, they won, right? So they, they had to pitch their ideas in, the, uh, you know, in their business, not to me, but to people who are experts, and, um, and those that won received uh, between 100,000 to half a million dollars in, uh, in grant support from Expo 2020 Dubai. 
Wow. Um, yeah, incredible. And it's, there are some amazing looking projects around here. I mean, are there any particular standout projects you might be able to give us a flavour of? I mean, this particular harvesting water from fog. Um, be interesting to hear a bit more about that one. Yeah, and I, I, what I like about this one, it's called Darcy Hamad from Morocco, is that when we think about innovation, we often tend to lean towards technology and, and blockchain and AI and some very fast moving, uh, you know, fast changing technologies as the dominance in, in dominant feature of uh, innovation. And in, when in fact, uh, what, we've, uh, what Dr. Jamila here from Morocco proved is that sometimes looking back into simpler solutions uh, actually is what's end up working. So in Morocco, up in the mountains, very difficult to find clean water. And uh, what they've realized is that looking back into old cultures of, of getting fabric and stretching it out up in the desert so they would capture uh, moisture from the air and then dripple down, drip uh, into a drip system that allows them to capture that water uh, is a sustainable and um, in a sustainable and uh, useful way of, of capturing water. So when you think about it, it's not about the, the fancy looking innovation, it's the one that works, right? Uh, and this project in particular, uh, it's a project that's been uh, co-funded between us and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, who's one of our key partners in this, um, you know, in, in Expo Live. Incredible. Is, is the money split, the, the funding that we've got to play with here, is mm -hmm. it split evenly between all of these innovators or do you, do you allocate funding depending on the uh, potential of the, the project? Stage. Yeah, I think we, we, um, everybody gets uh, up to $100,000 at first uh, and then as they progress and, and build their businesses and grow, then we decide to, you know, to provide more and some of them have received more than half a million dollars in support and, and some others haven't. So we have really been, um, I guess, um, equal at that first grant, but then looking for those who are progressing and growing to provide them more additional support. Okay, well, I'm conscious that I've stopped us at the very first innovation that's presented to us. So should we have a walk around and, and maybe talk about any other innovations sure. that stand out to you? We, we always tend to stop at this one because this is one of our um, very unique you know, startups because when we think about startups and, and uh, you know, in this scenario, they don't often go public so quickly and this one uh, actually did. So this is a, a, one of our grantees, one of our earlier grantees called Desert Control from Norway. And they have a very nice um, slogan that says that they beat gravity. And, and, and what they've created is a, a solution for um, arid and semi-arid environments and, and, and soil that no longer produces and in fact here in Dubai for the desert. How they created something called nanoclay, which is a, a, a liquefied clay it, that's very, 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 very small, that they are able to spray on top of the, of the sand or on top of the soil and it creates a layer, as you can see here, looking like, like, like when you separate oil from vinegar, right? You, 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 you see the first layer that when water drops, whether it's irrigation or rain, it prevents the water from very quickly going down. It gives enough cushion for a plant to suck that water and develop. Mm. So it, in a way, it's, it, it helps us with reforest uh, to produce agriculture in areas that we've lost some of, the, the, some of that uh, productivity. And for us here in this type of weather, right, for this type of, of, uh, of soil, it allows for things to grow yeah, in the middle of the desert. Completely, yeah. And as it says on the sign here, I mean, more arable land gives increased food security around the world. So um, I should explain, we're kind of looking at almost like snow globes, but full of 
of sand, I guess representing the desert, and then I presume these plants on top have been, um, have, or the top layer has been sprayed with this um, with this nano clay to allow plants to grow out of this sand, which looks incredible. And again, as you say, the potential of projects like this is is huge. So uh, we're kind of reaching the end of the pathway here in this marketplace, as we mentioned. Um, we've got one here that looks like it's quite relatable, I guess, to, to business. Could be scaled up. Yeah, I think this is very comes from uh, Costa Rica. From, uh, it's called bamboo palette, and this comes from a, a young man who, who noticed how much um, businesses, as you know, we all ship and and um, using pallets, right, wooden pallets, which are often. Uh, used by cutting down trees, right? And what he thought it was was not a good use of a tree, and in fact uh, learned that by using bamboo, which grows much faster and is quite strong, um, we could literally create a similar product, but a better alternative that has a, a better, uh, a, a lower carbon footprint. In fact, bamboo itself is a fantastic carbon capture in terms of a plant. And um, so he was able to design a whole manufacturing in Costa Rica that helps companies uh, become more eco-friendly by replacing wooden pallets with pallets that are made with bamboo, and um, and then here the, the you know kind of one of one of our key ones when it comes to uh, reforestation, right, and, and the ability to help companies to gain back some of the credits, uh, carbon credits, uh, or become more carbon neutral, is a company from the Netherlands uh, called Landlife, and they've been able to develop a, a small solution called the cocoon, which helps trees survive doing long droughts. So, so imagine uh, a bucket that's made out of, of um, recycled paper that you fill it with 40 liters of water and then put a seedling in the middle. And then you plant the whole thing, right? The, with the bucket inside. And what happens is that, you know, it gives that seedling a much stronger chance to survive the dry season, which often people think that, oh, all we gotta do is plant trees. Let's just drop seeds everywhere and trees will grow. That's not true. Right, trees require good soil, it requires a good amount of, of, of water. So they've been able to, to solve that challenge by, by giving that tree that, you know, those fo the first 40 liters of water that it needs and, and, help, and help it grow. So Landlife works with companies around the world who are looking to uh, use reforestation as a method to, um, to improve on their, on their carbon balance. And, um, and they've been quite successful so far. Mm. Completely, yeah. Well, and you, I can see here on the sign um, they aim to restore two billion hectares of degraded land. So again, a hugely scalable project. Um, right, talk us through this kind of next part of the journey and where we're going next. So this is the last part of the pavilion. This is where we showcase a particular innovation that, that um, here from the UAE, and it's, it, it helps companies who have a nice CSR budget but don't know exactly how to work it and how to make it meaningful. Uh, there's this platform called Yella Give which connects companies with people like you and me who want to donate to a particular cause, but we don't necessarily want to donate money. So what the app says, well, if you don't want to donate a dollar, how about you donate a smile? And a company out there will turn that smile into a dollar. So this is our wall of smiles, where almost every visitor that comes in here picks a particular cause that they like, and then they donate a smile. And in fact, for every um, smile that we have here, we have companies that are willing to give a dollar to receive that smile on, the, on that person's behalf. It's incredible. And I can see 27,280 donated smiles. I guess I should probably make that 27,281. I believe I'm happy so. to donate a smile myself. You do. Uh, you, do have, you have to pick something oh, that, that you are interested in and then we'll show you the next stage. Okay, I'll go with uh, helping save young lives. 
now you become part of the, the smile wall. At least donated a smile from this tour, so thank you very much. Right, so uh, I've donated my smile. Let's uh, head out now of, of the pavilion and talk a little bit about the legacy and, and what's happening next. Yusuf, thank you so much for that, that fascinating tour, hugely powerful, so many innovations there on display. So talk to me about now, as we kind of have come out of the building, what happens next and what, what's the real legacy of, of this project of Expo, of Expo Live and what happens next with these innovations? Well, I think for us, we've had a great journey over the past five years, working and learning from these innovators. And I think the biggest thing that we've had, our biggest learning, I would say, is that something like this shouldn't stop. And, and, and we don't want it to stop. So we are very much looking forward to transforming this program into its legacy phase, uh, looking to developing it into an impact fund so that we can continue to support additional uh, innovators and startups from around the world, hopefully giving them a little bit more than just money, but also a support and, and connecting them to the right deals and the right partners. And um, this is very much what we've, we're looking forward for you know, the next few months after Expo. Okay, uh, well, there you have it. Thanks so much for this tour, uh, Yusuf. It's been really fascinating to see this angle, new angle for me of, of Expo 2020, a, a shining example of how an event like this can harness innovation and, and support people on the ground and ultimately ensure uh, a lasting legacy, as you just talked about. Um, and on the subject of legacy, that takes us nicely on to the next and actually the final segment of this bumper podcast tour, because uh, to close off, I want to find out a bit more about what happens after the 31st of March when this Expo closes and to do that I'm going to head back over to the Al Wassel Dome at the heart of the expo and I'm there to meet Nadima Mehra who is the Vice President of the Transition Unit and District 2020 so we'll find out what that's all about. Uh, I'm going to head over there now. Okay so uh, here we are then uh, sat in a very nice tranquil setting just off the side of the Al Wassel Dome uh, which sits at the heart of the expo has a real buzz and an energy about it, but it's quite nice to be sat in a bit of a quieter spot and a fitting place, I think, for a final chat on this podcast tour. So far on this, this bumper episode, we've discussed how this event has really taken shape and how it's really making a difference when it comes to, to sustainability and, and climate action. And to close, I want to talk about what happens next after Expo 2020. Um, the doors here close on the 31st of March this year. So what's the real legacy of this expo, both here on the ground in Dubai and also from a global sustainability perspective? Uh, and to discuss this, I am joined by Nadima Mehra, who is the Vice President of the Transition Unit and a, and a legacy project called District 2020, which I'm sure we'll discuss in a moment. So Nadima, um, hello. Thank you for, for joining me for this final part of the podcast journey. Talk to us a bit about your role and your involvement in the expo and the legacy work. Sure. Thanks. So... I'm the vice president of District 2020, and I've been with the expo since um, early 2016, really just focusing on the legacy and, um, and the future of the expo and what we plan to do with all of this incredible infrastructure and architecture once the event is over. I look after a few different areas within District 2020. One is the commercialization of the site, the business strategy, the ecosystem strategy, and how we repurpose the site so that it not only con continues to contribute to the overarching UAE uh, agenda and strategy, but also really makes it a space for itself within global innovation ecosystems. Very interesting. So. Talk to me then about District 2020, it's in your job title. What, what is the, the project and, and the aims of this legacy initiative? 
So we launched District 2020, which is the future city of Expo 2020 back in 2017. And back in 2017, when we launched the district, we really wanted that connotation to Expo 2020. We wanted people to know that this incredible mega event took place here. And from the very beginning, we were building a city that would host an event for six months. The event finishes and the city continues to build out. So, you know, when we're sitting here talking about sustainability, and I think this is one of the most incredible sustainable stories that we can tell is how we've taken a, a, a huge site like this that's twice the size of Monaco and managed to plan for years in ensuring that it continues as a city that is a mixed-use development that is focused on the human element. So it's human-centric, it's a future city, and the innovation ecosystem that is part of District 2020, and really the beating heart of it, is what differentiates District 2020 from other free zones in Dubai. This area is kind of the work that's being done. It's being badged as a kind of smart, connected city. Um, could you provide some examples of, of what that looks like in action, some of the technologies and innovations perhaps that are being utilised to make District 2020 a, a real city of the future? Sure, so we, we've looked at many different areas. Naturally, because the Expo is so focused on sustainability, District 2020 as a result is equally focused. So we've got about 132 buildings that are connected, for example. On a, on a building management system that ensures that we're utilizing um, energy consumption and, and ensuring that the sustainable use of energy, water, electricity, etc. We monitor that constantly. And from a future perspective, we're looking at how this can be a carless site, how we can utilize the future of mobility and ensuring that, that you know, we are as carbon neutral as possible. We, all our buildings that are around the Al-Wasl Dome, for example, are LEED Platinum. Um, all of our buildings are LEED certified. And I think a very unique element to the site is that we will be well certified. And the well certification is if the LEED element focuses on the building and sustainability of the building, the well certification focuses on the individuals that are living within that building or that community. So we will be the first community in the region certified as well. Uh, there's about five of them in the world. We, so like I said, we're looking at smart mobility solutions and, and constantly looking at how we can optimize our digital infrastructure to make for additional innovations around sustainability and and green tech is one of the areas that we do focus on within the, our ecosystem so if you look at our ecosystem we've got smart mobility smart cities industry 4.0 so we've got that tech element we've got the smart city element but under smart cities there's really that green deep green as what we call it and and a focus on that Interesting. So in terms of timelines, what does the timeline for this project really look like? How long after Expo 2020 will this transition really start to take shape and, and when will it be fully complete? 
So we have a very aggressive transition schedule. If the event ends in March 31st by around October, November 2022, so this year, we will open our first phase to our residents and, and tenants and uh, visitors. And the reason for that is that 80% of everything that we have built for the expo remains in District 2020. And really, it's a, it's a very rapid transition to just change the internal elements of the building into their future use. But a lot of the, for example, the mobility pavilion uh, remains as a exhibition center around mobility. The sustainability pavilion remains as a children and science center. Al Wassel, which we're sitting right next to, which is the beating heart of the expo, will continue as an event space. So really visitors can just can continue coming to see all this incredible, you know, the cultural exhibits and then enjoy things like the water features, surreal, etc. Those will all remain. So it, it really does go live very rapidly. And it's clear that a huge part of this work is all around kind of education, I suppose, and kind of raising awareness post uh, the expo um, when it comes to sustainability. So that's fascinating to see. As we draw this conversation and indeed this episode to a, a, a close, Nadima, perhaps you could just summarise for us in your own words what the legacy of Expo 2020 Dubai really looks like and means for you. So if you look at the Expo's theme, connecting minds, creating the future, that theme really continues in District 2020 through our ecosystem and through the knowledge that we have from planning for a mega event that will have an enduring legacy, both a physical legacy and a soft legacy. I think that is a great learning opportunity for other organizers of mega events to take a look at and see how they can ensure that the, the event is built sustainably and can continue to, to develop into something else. And, you know, if connecting minds, creating the future is what we're looking at for us in our ecosystem, through co-creation, through collaboration, if we're able to connect global audiences and, and businesses to, to find solutions or, and innovations around green technology and be able to roll that out, I think that is an incredible legacy. Me too. And um, it's clear that the sustainability and, and kind of climate action focus of this event is going to live on uh, for many years to come. So hopefully a, a perfect excuse for me to return to this fantastic space and city. Um, Nadima, on that very exciting and positive note, uh, I'll bring this chat to a close. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and in fact, this brings the entire podcast tour to a close. And what an experience it's been. Of course, you can't quite replicate what is what the atmosphere is really like here in person but I hope the podcast has given you uh, a first-hand experience of Expo 2020 Dubai and a, a real insight into how this World Expo has really set a new standard for sustainable mega events. Before I close I must say a huge thank you to the entire Expo team here for inviting me along. Uh, they've been so accommodating throughout the week and thanks to all of ED's great podcast listeners for following along. If you're not already subscribed, then please do. Just search for Sustainable Business Covered wherever you get your podcasts. So thank you, goodbye, masalama, and see you again next time. Mm-hmm.